Sigmund Freud. Jump back, Joyce Brothers. It's Dr. James Harvey, therapist to the dead. Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Are you lonely? Do you need someone to talk to? No problem, if you're a ghost. You can call them ghosts, if you like, or as I prefer, the living impaired. But the bottom line is, they need help sometimes. Just like the rest of us. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And this week, we are continuing Romance Month. It's the week out of Valentine's Day. Week, uh, week after Valentine's Day. We might be a little love hungover we might be meeting <laughs> something that is so nostalgic that it is a safe space and dear listener this is casper yes you're right casper the friendly ghost the friendliest <laughs> ghost you know he really is <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> okay, i just want to say casper the ghost uh gave me Sydney Thompson, who probably saw this at like seven, a really unhealthy expectation in men. <laughs> that he would stalk you immediately? <laughs> no, that he is so nice and loving and eventually gets in tune with his emotions after forgetting all of them. He's like, oh, wait, no, I actually can feel things. He makes her breakfast and not in bed, but he makes her nice breakfast. That's nice, he, too. He is very <laughs> much an act of service. Boy, um, that's true. Big acts of service, boy. <laughs> but Sid, you're so right. This is a great movie to watch post Valentine's Day, just in case yours didn't go super hot. You know, it's great to regress to 1995 to feel safe again. I love doing that. <laughs> 1995, a safer, beautiful time where you can say the word bitch like 800 times oh my god shocking 13 year old say piss off and it still be a pg rating humor in this film the humor in this film is so funny and oftentimes problematic but i was laughing way more than i expected to um i had a wonderful experience (laughs) okay dear listener if you did not have a childhood Or if you (laughs) happen to be a a tiny baby, I don't know. Too young, too old, if it missed you. If it missed you. Casper is an afterlife therapist and his daughter meet a friendly young ghost when they move into a crumbling mansion in order to get, oh, in order to rid the premises of wicked spirits. Would we call... (laughs) the uncles wicked or just silly gooses um i guess they it depends on which fucked character shit. you are <laughs> they do some very very fucked shit so i would say they're wicked for sure <laughs> i think they might just be silly gooses or okay i love 
to scroll Reddit, right? Like, oh no. Okay. And uh, Split Crow Soup two years ago posted a theory about the uncles. Because, okay. like, what are their names? Stretch, Stinky, and Fatso. Right? Yeah. Like, those aren't real names, even though they have beds, they have everything, right? And so we get a weird theory about how Casper's scare quotes are uncles, but they're not really his uncle. Uh, we learn in this film that Casper was the son of a various, very famous inventor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Casper, we think, you know, he haunts his dad after life. He stays in, he does all this. Mm-hmm. Casper's dad is like, my son is still around. I'm going to try and make him a human boy again. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful dream. But so how can Casper's dad make him a beautiful little boy again? How does Casper's dad get that red liquid in a nice vial? And that is by sucking the life force out of other people. And that's where Stretch, Inky, and Fatso come in. That they oh, were just God. random people that Casper's dad basically like sucked the life force out to turn into the red liquid that he uses to make eventually would make somebody a person again. And so that's why the three ghosts haunt the house. And that's why they're like really mean Casper. Because I think Casper's a lot of dad sense. murdered him. I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Um, that would Usually, also add fuel to the fire of adding the of having the dad go to an as- asylum. Um, if it's uh-huh. daddy thinks his son is still alive, you know, it was a different time, so they did put people away for that sort of thing. But if he thinks his son is still alive and he murdered three men <laughs> to suck their souls out to revive him, that would really, you know, seal the deal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't usually love when people are like, this children's media actually has a sinister backstory. What if the Rugrats were all dead or whatever? But like, oh, I fuck that theory. Fuck that, that theory. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the this idea that luring people in and making little beds for them and giving them mean little nicknames or whatever and then just juicing them, I, I can get on board. This movie is sinister enough on its face that I can believe anything. Honestly, a lot of fuck shit happens like on the page. So the backstory can be even worse. So I love watching this movie, but I always watch this movie for like fun or background noise. And I haven't really like sat down and actually watched this movie like I would for this podcast. And this one is so dark for like movies like. Here's the thing. It's really dark. It covers a lot of like deep talk topics, but it does it really well, I think. Like I still think it holds up. I think it holds up pretty, pretty well. Bad jokes excluded, but um, it's also it's got some jokes, but like the message that it sends, I think is like really good. I would let if I had small children, I would let them watch it and maybe they would ask me what's it like after you die? Like, 
But then I don't want my kids to watch this. Like I don't this want to film. answer that question because, like, I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's yeah. as, as a living person, we can say, I don't know, sweetie. Uh, we're not dead yet. You're not going to find out for a long, long time. <laughs> well, okay, back to the writing, okay. though. The reason that this book, that this book, excuse me, this movie is so interesting and so well done and so, so handles death and grief in such an interesting way. It's written by two women. Shouts out to Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver. So, and also apparently J.J. Abrams uh, did some screenwriting on this movie as well. How how old was he in '95? How old is a child? Abrams? A ch- had to be a child. They said we need to bring in a twelve-year-old for the twelve-year-old's yeah. perspective. Just kidding. I actually have no That's idea important. how old he probably was That's of normal age. Googling JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams feels forty to me, but I don't know. Maybe he's older than oh, that. Wow, he's aging gracefully. Good for he was her. Born in nineteen <laughs> in nineteen sixty-six. What? He was in his late twenties. Had to have been maybe early early thirties. 90s great time to work on casper that's my 95 he would have been late 20s beautiful it's a beautiful era um i always picture when i think of him i think of dan levy i i pick that's what i realized was happening i was was picturing dan levy but it but you know what i see the resemblance though you see what i'm talking about you see what i'm talking about it's the glass i was like what he's not 60 years old or what i don't know (laughs) but yeah, written by two women. It's amazing. But you're so right, Sydney. It like handles some like really fucked up talk- topics and it does it like right off the bat. Besides like the funny intro, which is very like goosebumps esque with the two boys trying to get the There's photo. A I love lot that. Of references in like the start of this movie. The cameos too. My God. Right? So many cameos. Yeah, I did I was like, this is star studded. It's incredible um but yeah like pretty soon into the beginning of the movie after it's established that what's her name kerrigan kerrigan excuse me which is what a great name what a great name what a bad bitch sorry kathy moriarty is so hot in this and she's wrong but is she like she's doing it with swag (laughs) okay but speaking of rugrats this is kind of what I think Angelica Pickle's parents like that their dynamic would be in person. Oh my god! Like, that Stop. Kerrigan would be Mrs. Pickles, and then like Dibs would be Drew. Know what I mean? Like I just get mm-hmm. that like dynamic vibe. Sausage, pathetic little worm of a man. She calls him a yes! worm like two or three times. I mean, Very I'm gonna gassy. start calling men worms after Kerrigan. Thank you, Blasted little worm. Yeah, dibs is... the fact that they were allowed to say flaccid is I think flaccid is a perfectly I- innocent word to a degree. But, but I missed when they so... said flaccid in the movie and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Here's the thing. Flaccid in itself innocent enough, but when a child think about like a small child asking their mom, "Mommy, what does flaccid mean?" Not PG. <laughs> Not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> But Dibs is definitely one of those guys who's like, yeah, step on me, mommy. You know what I mean? Um, oh, so he I think he really likes, likes it. it. He's gay, yeah. though. I mean, I yes. Think. Here's the thing. Yeah. Kerrigan is a power lesbian, and Dibs, Dibs is absolutely gay. 
But they're not um, MLM, WLW solidarity. They're like when a, a gay and a lesbian hate each other's guts. But also love each other. It's like enemies to friends. Do they love each other? They do. <laughs> they're two people who team up with each other. It's like the spinoff Fast and Furious movie where The Rock and Shaw team up even though they hate each Hobbs other and because Shaw. they have a share yeah Hobbs and Shaw have a shared enemy you know it's yeah. just like that so they team up to get that money honey and that's a great and their shared factor. enemy is a beautiful cliffside mansion in Maine I'm just saying like what a great shared enemy it's so gorgeous too the house is so cool I was reading this article and so, like, they're filming this, obviously, like, 93, 94. Um, but the 94 earthquake hit for, like, Northridge earthquake for non-Californians. It was a big fucking deal. Shit fell all the way down. I don't know. I was one. I was less than one. So I can't tell you much more about it than that. Um, but apparently, like, they're, like, really worried that all the sets that were already built would get totally fucked. But it actually worked in their favor because it cracked the old decrepit house a little bit more and made it look all the more realistic, <laughs> which I thought was really I fun. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's it was really cool set design. I love I love a spooky house, and I love that the freaking stair the staircase railways are like piranha themed. Iconic. That was cool. Beautiful. That was. I did a, love the a house. Beautiful detail. Yeah. We I love wasn't a lot like of great houses in a romance month. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't a Casper girly when I was younger. Um, but the two things that I really remembered that stuck with me from this film were the um poisonous, noxious gas burp. Um, and the <laughs> part where she goes on the little chair ride later on. Um, yeah. And so I mean the house the house is sick. I'll say that for sure. The chair ride stuck with me forever, but I always wanted yeah, to I go just, on a ride just like that. Like, why wasn't yeah. that made into a ride anywhere? I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, I love that part so much. Um, but I, I love this just the setup for this. It's it's so sad. So we've got Bill Pullman in this, and he is so sexy. And I'm looking at an IMDb uh photo of him now, and I watch many things with Bill Pullman in them. And this man, the man that I know as Bill Pullman, looks so different than 1995 Bill Pullman. And they're two very sexy but distinct men for me. For me, I don't understand how they're the same guy. Was this his peak? He's very hot now. He's very hot in his current photo. But yeah, he's incredibly sexy. And he's got that like Milo Thatch thing that we've talked about in other episodes from Journey to Atlantis, Um, to be clear. And so it's great to see that in a man who is not a cartoon. <laughs> but their whole backstory is so good. And they introduce him. I was dying. There's so many little jokes in his intro. Like he's a therapist for the undead. But how he, what does he call it? He refers to them as the living impaired. Instead yes. Of the undead. yes, that's his preferred term. Oh my god, I died. I died. I died. I died. These jokes, they stand up to the test of time. Some of them, some of them, some of them. A few of them. Gotta get that <laughs> disclaimer in there. To be clear, to be clear, to be clear. I cannot blanket say yes to all these jokes. Whatever one you, dear listener, thinks doesn't stand up, absolutely doesn't stand up. We agree with that. Don't make fun of Oprah. How dare they make fun of Oprah? 
how fucking dare they make fun of Oprah and also just Fatso's whole deal. There's a lot of things going on there, but do I love Brad Garrett with my whole fucking heart? Oh, Jesus. Is he bad now? Is he bad? Did he do something bad? Oh, Brad Garrett? Okay, the way way you said... The way you said Brad, I thought it was going to be like when like 13 times on the pod where I've been like, I love this guy. And you're like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> Ew, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You tone immediately. No, Brad Garrett is uh, perfect. And you can never tell me otherwise. I will not accept any other reality. I'm so sorry. I've- you're talking to a huge everybody loves Raymond girly. Um, <laughs> I grew that up about on you. that shit. <laughs> but I mean, Brad Garrett's voice is like, does he do a lot of voice acting? Because he should do every he should do every role of every cartoon. Maybe I think he does. Yeah, something in IMDb trivia said something about how he was primarily. This is the first live action movie to feature voice actor Brad Garrett. Um, so he's done a lot of voice acting, doing cartoony, like actual other fully animated stuff. Oh, um, yeah. but. His next five live action movie voice roles. So he he made this kind of a thing afterwards, I guess. Um, Good he also for did him. Garfield, he himself. Underdog, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows from 2016, and Eeyore from Christopher Robin 2018. Eeyore, Boy, he's been busy. Wow. But in the, the new one, I, the 2018 one? Wow. I don't know. Okay. I need to hear his Eeyore. That's something that I must experience. He was the Easter Island head at night at the museum. I what a guy. Museum. I'm a big Eeyore girly also. So this this like everybody loves Raymond Eeyore crossover right now is changing my life. But okay, speaking of the animation, the voice acting, all that shit. I love the animation in this movie. And like all these articles I read were like, the animation stands the test of time. And I really, it really does. does. I think they did because they went like full cartoon with the ghosts instead of trying to make them look like a guy, an actual guy. Um, I think it like really holds up. And if there are a lot of comparisons to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is such a fucking brilliant movie. I just watched it like two weeks it's ago. The um, best cartoon like uh human movie ever that that and space jam but yeah um yes but not the new space jam we don't speak of the new space jam this like i don't know i think it it was really really effective and i like how bulbous everyone is like they're so everyone's so bulbous like casper is very bulbous boy (laughs) uh so i was with my cousin lucy and I told her, I was like, we're recording Casper. And she goes, I need you to tell everybody that Casper looks like a sperm. <gasps> he does. <laughs> he looks like Caillou. Made a promise. Um, he looks like He does look like Aang. He's Aang, Caillou, and Aang a sperm all Roman. together. Oh, oh yeah, it is a very Ang Katara romance vibe. Mm, oh. They plagiarized Casper in 1995. <laughs> okay, but also, this is the first film, like the first like film to feature a like main character as CGI, like a feature length movie. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's innovation, awesome? baby. Also, someone who worked on this, like, just had done Schindler's List or something. 
<laughs> Steven Spielberg I, was gonna do a cameo and it only got cut because it was the pacing was a little weird like they were just throwing shit in here they wrote the script allegedly as though it were an entirely animated feature and they were like yeah that's a cool vibe like honestly just run with that and that's how you got the film that you did that's why I like that do whatever you want and so you I get some it. ghosts that look like a little sperm and then you get some ghosts that look kind of like an approximation of a person but cartoon um and then you get a, an angel who looks just like a normal regular person but glowing um no logical it makes sense and i think it works i think that i have a theory about the ghost unless you want to go first sydney mine's quick you go first and let's see if ours compare oh okay i think maybe that when you first turn into a ghost, you look like a cartoon version of yourself. Yes, same brain, Sydney and I on the same page. And then over time, you lose your little wig and your little lipstick and your little eyebrows and your little glasses and you turn into a sperm. Exactly. Two brains, one brain cell. That's us. <laughs> I mean, it fits with the whole, you're, you're forgetting your memories, you're forgetting your life. It happens so quickly, blah, 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 blah. Like, I... I mean, physical manifestation of that, sure. Totally. Oh, I mean, let's get into the grief of it all. Haha. <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be sad. Sydney and I were talking before this and we we're like, dear fuck, I cried. <laughs> but anyway, the the beginning even, like when they're introducing um, Bill Pullman's character and Kat, what is his name? Dr. Harvey and Kat. Um, Kat is Christina Ricci. Um, it's so sad to see like how they're both like grieving and they haven't figured out how to do it together. Like Dr. Harvey, he like, he's so sweet and he has good intentions, but he's completely like fucking over his daughter's life in this pursuit to find his wife again in her ghost form, just so he can see her again. He's like tearing her from school to school. He's all over the news. It's embarrassing for Kat who doesn't believe in this shit at all. Like, ugh, it's, like, a lot. Um, there's, like, a lot of stuff going on underneath the fact that it was written to be a cartoon. <laughs> well, and also think about it. It's the early 90s, and he is playing a ghost therapist. And therapy is just now, I think, in the 21st century becoming a, or are we the, yeah, we're the 21st century. Uh, becoming normalized so imagine what it was like in the 20th century in like in in the early 1990s that bitch is getting made fun of at school all the time she's like your dad is a ghost therapist your dad's a therapist gross disgusting oh and she's she's not making any friends at school and he behaves as though he has never actually seen a ghost before um and she doesn't believe in ghosts which tells me she's for sure never seen a ghost before so i have to wonder um how is he making his living was he a normal therapist before and this is a a career change um what's his deal what's happening there question dr harvey he did go to johns hopkins though so that's a throwback to the curve i love that a through line a clear reference. I definitely think he has never seen a ghost before, but I do think he was a therapist before because he made that joke that was like, it's your hour. 
to uh, the ghosts when they were like talking about stupid bullshit, um, which is I thought was a, a classic therapist joke. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I mean, just fully is trying to find a way where he can just search for his long lost love full time. I wanted to see more ghost therapy, if I'm being honest. I well, it wasn't therapy when they did karaoke, but I did love it. Um, karaoke is that. therapy. I am so sorry to break that to you, but you go no, to ther- you go to karaoke. That's therapy, baby. It's true, but he was trying to be the therapist, so it wasn't he wasn't serving them. Um, but he was working through some shit for for sure. He was making besties he'd never had before. He was like, I forgot what it is like to have friends. Um, and honestly. He did kiss them all on the mouth. Well, he kissed two out of three on the mouth. Um, and I do oh think they're in a polycule now. Oh, my God. Well, we're already going there. I have so many thoughts about that whole part. <laughs> I mean, I think, one, I, I like Sydney's theory that she, she got from Reddit that they are all just three men and that they're not brothers because I think they're all boyfriends already. Um, and I if think it's like any... uncles in the old timey. They're a gay couple in the old way. testament sense. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think definitely that's already the vibe, and I love that they're like, "He's hot. Let's bring him into the mix." You know what I mean by killing him. <laughs> um, I think that that was fucking brilliant. But um, I know that we're like skipping all around, but something that I have to bring up is I really love the opening sequence before they get uh, Dr. Harvey into the mix, before Kerrigan and Dibs get uh, him in the mix. They try a few other options to try to get exercise the ghost out of there. And one of them is they bring in this priest and the priest starts talking and I am like, this is a voice that I know so well. This voice is inside of my soul. And I just start was talking about Journey to Atlantis. Well, this uh, actor, his name is Don Novello, and he played Vinny from Journey to Atlantis, the explosives guy with the big giant mustache. We anyway, love I him. About that. So that's a huge cameo. And then you immediately have that also the guy. That, that his whole person, that's an SNL character that he does, apparently. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. That so, like felt that like and Dan something... doing his Ghostbusters thing. That was like the same kind of dealio. That felt like a bit. That felt like a bit for sure. I love that. You gotta commit to the bit. I love that. It's gorgeous. Also, um, I just have to say, can a school just commandeer your house for a dance? Because I was super mad <laughs> during that part. I was like, if my parents if i like didn't even offer my house and then all of a sudden i was like hey so my school wants to do the party here my parents would be so fucking mad <laughs> i think if everybody raises their hand it's they, yeah they took a like, vote i'm just saying like that's the democratic way everybody it was ruled you can't they like need to provide anything other than the space they brought their own dj equipment well he, it looked like they decorated it for halloween but it was just dirty as shit <laughs> If you live in a spooky house, you should just assume that hosting Halloween parties comes along with it. Like, that's stupid. It's the honor stupid. and the privilege of having such a home. Yeah. Exactly! Yeah. Also, I, I understand that now. Speaking of, like, all the weird little cameos that happened, uh, 
who was the medium in Poltergeist? What was her name? Zelda. Yes. Yes. She did like a little cameo in, but it was cut for some reason. No, that would have been yeah, fucking they were hilarious. Just, they were doing all kinds of adult, spooky or spooky adjacent videos in this. They were just throwing shit in there. They, they said were this is absolutely a children's movie, but you know we love to have jokes for the adults. Um, There's some good horror references too, like when they get out of the house. Or get out of the car and look at the house for the first time. She's like, oh, it's pretty nice. And Kat's like, yeah, for Stephen King. And I was like, yeah, he would he like this. Her. It's also in Maine. <laughs> Maine. I love Maine. Like, could you imagine? This might be my dream. You get called and you're like, hello, I need you to come to my house. And you're like, where is it? And they're like, Maine and you're like say more and then they're like it's old and you're like okay continue it's haunted oh my god incredible that is my wet hot fantasy right there haunted house in Maine I Let's we go. need to manifest this for you I've recently come in contact with many spooky girlies on the interwebs who do haunting thingies where they <gasps> go in the place and they have the thing and it beeps, and I don't oh. know what any of it is. You know what I'm talking about, but I don't know what any of it is. But anyway, I say Geiger counter, but I think maybe that's for earthquakes. Guy, I, yeah. I, Geiger I counter, recently... I think, is for metal. No, no, it's for radiation. radiation? <laughs> it's for um, radiation. <laughs> yeah, because I saw Chernobyl Diaries with Jesse McCartney. I actually saw that in theater. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> what a fun. I actually recently suggested going ghost hunting for a date idea iconic that would be a great first date with Sydney. i think it would be fun i'm just you gotta have a lot of out, out, options out where you are so i mean you gotta do it it's an older part of the country so there's more ancient there's things more to be un, uncovered <laughs> um I also okay I feel like it's so rare um where there's this like hot bitch in the movie who like I don't fucking care what her name is that blonde girl who's mean to cat fuck her I love Amber. that everyone fucking can't stand her I love that I love that usually everyone Amber. is like afraid of that character they're just like we don't fuck with you we don't care about your stupid boathouse bitch bye I love it it's great Put her in her place, but she has no idea. Honestly, good for her. Her skin is so thick, she still thinks she's that bitch. And Sometimes we love it's that. It's important to be a little delusional. Yeah. It's important. It's very important. She does have that hot boyfriend who looks exactly like Devin Sawa ends up looking. Vic. Sorry, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> Vic. Okay, but Christina Ricci clearly has a type in this movie. Uh-huh. And we love that for her. Girl know what knows what she wants and she gets it. Kinda. I love Christina reaches reaches character cat in this movie is every like young child slash up until like eighth grade wanted to be like hardcore goth right um, oh, yeah. the answer is secretly yes. I wanted <laughs> so to sorry. be that cool but like, I was too scared <laughs> that's what I said you might not have actually done it but like deep deep down in your heart you wanted to be 
And I feel oh, like Cat no. is I revealed the My like... Chemical Romance girlies. <laughs> See, I feel like Cat is kind of what was like parental accepted of like being kind of like a goth emo girl where you're like, I'm goth, but you are not at all goth, you know? And that's Cat. She's got the she tude. Had... Yeah. She's got the tude. She's got the hair. She's got the like oversized Henley, oversized jeans, and like Mary Jane Doc Martens. So there you go. She's there. Also, she's in Docs. So she's bisexual. That's she just definitely... doesn't know it yet at this age, but she is. There's... She'll figure that out soon. That's the sequel. Well, no, the sequel has Hillary Duff in it, actually. <laughs> well, that's a whole different one. That's Wendy and Casper. That's Wendy. He moves on so fast. How could he? <laughs> well, um, she gets older and he doesn't age. So, I mean, I guess it has to end. That's so sad. That's so sad. I, okay, I straight up full on forgot the entire plot of this movie. I was like, there, there's ghosts in a house and one of them is rather friendly that's all i remember i don't <laughs> recall i did not recall the fucking like <laughs> lazarus machine that brings ghosts back from the death like this is very heavy material that we are working with here um as we already discussed the soul juice um is there and that is th the souls of of three men that casper's dad killed apparently um, but there's other fucked up ramifications to this Lazarus machine that someone, it's, it's in the references, they decided to put it on the internet, and then I decided to read it, and I'm going to tell you now so you can feel my pain with me. Isn't that wonderful? Well, how does it work? How do you think the Lazarus machine works? When you just have an ectoplasm, I don't know if that's what they're made out of, uh, ghosts there. And then they can turn into a corporeal human. How does that work? I don't understand. Um, well, this is how this person says it works. It just creates them a new body. And so their old body still exists somewhere. So they're like... In this story, the dad falls in a manhole and he dies. And then he gets brought back to life in a new body. And they're like, in two, in a week, some construction guys are going to go down there. And they're going to find his old body and they're going to identify it and bring it to the house and find Dr. Harvey. And I'm just like, who the fuck? Why? Why would this person, why would anyone think about this? Then they're like, inevitably, if Casper was to be reborn he would his body is still like in a grave somewhere so how will they deal with the law on that and also will he visit his own grave and i was like you should be killed i'm sorry you shouldn't be killed okay, but, but you should thing. not speak <laughs> okay but here's the thing i read theories based on the baseball that we see later in the movie that Casper considers his treasure. It's signed by, I don't remember the baseball player's name, but it's a Dodgers player. And that player was in like 1962. So Casper was born sometime in the fifties, right? Like that's Why when does his it... dad look like, like a 1930s businessman then I in don't that know. picture. I... I have questions about that 
as well. I was like, wow, how old is Casper? Is this one of those? I mean, this is clearly one of those like tropes where it's like old, like weirdly older man, younger woman, but just classic <laughs> Twilight scenario. Classic. Twilight wanted what Casper had, okay? But uh, I think I would rather be Casper because at least my body is like in a nice little bed in the ground. You know what I mean? Like it's not moving. It's not going where nobody's discovering it. True. Uh, Dr. Harvey in a manhole, open, older. If somebody finds it, they're going to have questions, right? You know what I mean? Like concrete right over it or something though. I mean, construction. I don't you actually don't know what they do in a manhole. That gets you to the sewer or something, I think. They're I closing know. that sewer up for good, maybe. They're doing Let's a hope. new sewer, perhaps. Or maybe now they'll think of this right away and, like, right after the dance is over and he has that nice experience with his wife, he goes and he finds his body and destroys the evidence. Well, that is weirder, I think. I think probably if somebody <laughs> found that, that's way weirder. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if somebody found his body and then came to the house and found him alive, I think they would just be like doppelganger. Anyway, um, oh my god, have you seen that twin? doppelganger thing on TikTok right now? There's a weird doppelganger thing happening on TikTok right now. I have not. I don't know. So maybe I you follow a lot of spooky people. I want to do It Takes Two One Day, which is a doppelganger film. Um, and there's the scene where the, the Clarice, um, they think she's a ghost. So that would be it, a great. If this counts, that counts. <laughs> so this movie, unfortunately, you picked this film, and it has opened the door for me to shoehorn in lots of things that I think are equally horror films to this. Um, so we'll see going forward. That's fair. The black comedy, Chelsea. <laughs> this is. is like low key sad, and it has ghosts. Therefore, horror. Like, Uh the sadness of this? Absolute horror for adults. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's so fucking sad. And also, can I just say, though it was wonderful to see Fatso in drag and he looked really hot. um, The titties on that man. The titties titties on Fatso. Damn. Um, That joke they played on Dr. Harvey where they're like, we found your wife right away fucked up oh, fucked up wrong wrong so that's why they're wrong wicked. Evil. You ask, are they wicked yes I yes so case in point there you go gooses? yes they can be both they contain multitudes they're silly gooses and they have some nice redeeming qualities they're like this guy's sad let's get him drunk you know that's nice okay but then they're immediately like let me end his murder. life for my yeah. own gain. Okay, not so okay. nice. Wicked. That's wicked. Act- they were right there. It's but beautiful. then they were looking at him and they were like, no, he's so cute. We love him. And then he accidentally kills himself. Like they didn't kill him. He accidentally kills himself. And then they bring him back. We're at the end. We're at the end. We haven't literally talked about any of the movie we should <laughs> We've talked about a lot of it. This is one of those movies where like a lot of stuff happens, but you don't have to say every single thing. It's like 15 jokes. There's like 15 jokes that happen throughout the film. One of them's really good though. 
when they all go inside of Dr. Harvey's body and then his head turns into Mel Gibson. That was pretty good. But also, that aged very poorly. I know. It was just so funny to watch that part and be like, that part was supposed to be like, look how hot and sexy he is now. It's Mel Gibson. Gibson. Um, Mel Mel Gibson's in Braveheart, right? Yes. This came out like around when Braveheart was in the theaters. And on opening weekend, it beat Braveheart. <gasps> Just saying. <laughs> that Mel Gibson. But Mel Gibson's still in it. So it's not the win we thought it was. Wow, that's honestly a drag to tragic. Mel Gibson. Tragic, tragic, tragic. Good. He deserves that. He really he does. does. <laughs> Why does he have to be in signs? God damn it. We're still going to cover that on the pod. I'm <gasps> sorry. We have to. Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, man. Um. But yeah, I mean, okay, the other things we haven't talked about that are important. Casper doesn't remember who he is. And then Kat, who is the actual therapist here, who actually is doing nice things to help this young boy, like, discover Confront his past. And, business. Exactly. Like, actually doing what her dad says he's trying to do. Um, I love that she's so much more capable than him and everything, too. There's that point right at the very beginning. They get into the house and they turn the electricity on. And the dad's like, yeah, I did that. And she's like, no. <laughs> Actually, I just did that. I thought it was hilarious. Well, it's really interesting to look at their, how they both handle like the death of a you know, wife slash mother, right? Like, yeah. Dr. Harvey is clearly, I'm throwing myself into work. I want to go. I want to do everything. Like, I have to keep myself distracted. I have a goal. I'm just on the move constantly. Like, can't stay uh-huh. still. And Kat so desperately wants to stay still. She's like, I have been to nine different schools in the last, what is it, like two years? She's like, I don't have any friends. I I'm 13 I just want friends like why are you doing this girl wants stability she already had the rug ripped out from under her when her mom died and now she's having it happen every other week like that sucks exactly it's garbage and as somebody who moved around a lot as a child also for non-military reasons but also not ghost hunting reasons moving a lot kind of blows but if it had been for ghost hunting reasons, I feel like you specifically would have really fucked with it. No, if it was for ghost reasons, it would have been so <laughs> you, cool. You'd be back the, on board. Think of all the ghost friends I would have made. Like, I would have been was so much more involved. Reason, like, ghost hunting, then it would have been fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just <laughs> ghost along your way. Your father's job, who wasn't a ghost hunter, lame and traumatizing. I'm just saying, like, it's different. No job is important unless it is ghost hunting. Ghost hunting. It's just true. Sorry. I'm going to quit my job and become a ghost hunter. Luckily, I can still do the podcast while being a ghost hunter because I feel like it's vaguely similar. I do want to say, though, we're saying ghost hunter a lot, but he is, in fact, a ghost therapist. I know we've discussed that, but ghost hunting and ghost therapizing, a little different. Yeah, but he has to hunt the ghosts to then therapize them. So. Exactly. We're just using the colloquial common term. Ghost therapist isn't in the average vernacular these days. It's fallen out of style, unfortunately. (laughs) People just don't understand ghost therapy. 
People don't realize that in the Ghost Whisperer series, Jennifer Love Hewitt was actually a ghost therapist. She seriously was. As somebody who watched that a bunch last year and had to stop because she cried every single episode and it became, like, really unmanageable, she was absolutely a ghost therapist. She wasn't maintaining her professional boundaries. Girl, straight up, I also was obsessed with Ghost Whisper for a while, and it is an emotional roller coaster. You think you cried. Listener, you think you cried in Casper? Just wait till you watch the Jennifer Love Hewitt masterpiece series, Ghost Whisper. <laughs> You're gonna sob if you watched any of my Instagram stories last year. Uh, you will know that I did post a lot of TikToks of, like, it's me crying to an episode of Ghost Whisper. <laughs> back to back to it- back to back. If you decide to watch Ghost Whisperer, have like a big water bottle with you. Otherwise, you'll be severely dehydrated. And I can't in good conscience tell you to watch it without making sure you know. Tissues, water, that's the only way to watch it. Same thing with Casper, though. I was crying at my work. I didn't watch this at work. I was crying at my work (laughs) (laughs) today, hysterically, while, while watching the end of this movie. Oh, man. It's so sad. It is. Um, I I I felt like they kept the the comedic tone pretty good. But if you like really stop and think about it, for sure. Um, because the fact that this movie is about grief in whatever capacity and dealing with her mom's death, and then they kill her dad, and then yes. he just shows up there as a ghost, and she's like, "You're dead." And then they have to re- resurrect him, and she gives up. Casper sacrifices himself and his own life. Like, I think they just really glossed over the you're an orphan part. Yeah, she no, that was terrible. She, and he doesn't recognize her. Her dad doesn't recognize her because he's, like, immediately forgotten his life. So he's, like, drunk. joking around about all of their stuff. He's so drunk. He's so drunk. Dying drunk would be interesting. Then your ghost is drunk. Jeez something to consider <laughs> i do like this movie movie confirms that uh you whatever you wear when you die you do wear as a ghost so always look i mean at the beginning right like as soon until when you become your an older clothes ghost, you dissolve become, and you become a sperm but re- yeah. for like who knows how many years like casper was dead for probably 40. a while Casper was dead for like 40 years. So like for the first decade at least, you are in your death clothes. So you gotta look cute at all times. Also, Casper's like death story is so fucked up too. Oh my god, like it's he devastating. Sleds too long and falls deathly ill. Does he die of hypothermia? Pneumonia, I think. Oh. Here's the thing. It's it's he so loved his sled. Because here's the thing, his dad, like, he wanted a sled, and his dad didn't want to get him a sled, but he, like, really wanted it. And so his dad, who apparently lost his wife in childbirth, so Casper, like, never really knew his mom, and so it was just him being oh. raised by a single dad. Um, oh, my God. And, you know, he doesn't want to give Casper this sled and then he finally does and then Casper's out there for like like the dad calls Casper in and Casper's like yeah no fuck you I'm gonna stay out here longer and then gets pneumonia and dies that is devastating 
It's so devastating. Oh, man. Can I can say fuck you. He says, Daddy, I love that present so much. Daddy, I love that present so much. I'm going to kill myself. Daddy, you did such a good job giving me a little present. I can't stop. Daddy, I love it so much. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Quote Sydney. Daddy, He's I love it so much. I'm gonna go out while I'm on top. This is it's as good as it's ever gonna get. Daddy. Jesus. Okay, Christ. but one thing that I when do... you thought it couldn't get darker, we take it there. <laughs> one thing that I will say, uh, there's some similarities in this movie. So you get the parallel of, uh. Cat's dad looking uh like not really moving on with his life because he's looking for his dead wife. And then you get Casper's dad who isn't really moving on with his life because he's trying to resurrect his dead son. Right. And so you get cat, alive cat, and dead Casper who kind of get to bond over the fact that like they have mommy and daddy issues you know which is like so caring for their dads yeah yeah also he literally stays at the house to like keep his dad company their father yeah and everybody thought his dad was insane but also okay bill pullman's character dr harvey is exactly how like if i married a man right and i died tragically this is how i want my husband to spend the rest of his life i want him like ghost hunting looking for me not moving on he like, should be miserable <laughs> forever <laughs> what do you like i will absolutely not give you my blessing to move on and like if somebody's like she would want me to move on and be happy no the fuck i won't and this is on record i'm so sorry oh my god you're so mean <laughs> I mean, we do love to no. see the devotion. It is very nice to see a man who um, is faithful even after you've left this mortal pa- plane. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, and I-, I gotta say, the mom is so fucking hot when she comes down from heaven in her hot, sexy red dress. I love that she was wearing red. I was like, well, was she in hell? But she came from the sky. I don't know. I love it. This This movie talks a lot about death and grief, but it doesn't really get religious because at some point they ask like are you an angel and the mom like never actually answers and so therefore it is a secular movie yeah and it says like until we're like together again or something like that you know it's it posits that there certainly is an afterlife um either a ghosty (gasps) one or the other one what? what my mom Chelsea? was the um the stepmom in fear 1996 <gasps> next year after this <gasps> yes wow oh. she I was just thinking about our that. fear episode today we love her she's so beautiful um but yeah okay so we've just established that young casper um gives up his opportunity to have life again to give it to dr harvey um i also don't want to skip the part where kerrigan is so dumb that she's just like oh i'm sure that this ancient machine will certainly bring me back to life definitely well, there's no question so i can die right now to get some money Diggins back to life or that she'll sacrifice him to find out she doesn't really intend to be the ghost herself it's kind of goes I mean, that they- way they glom onto the idea real quick, though. 
I would be a little more skeptical. My favorite thing about this movie is when we first start it, Kerrigan's like really involved, right? And then like she's just kind of an afterthought a little bit. Know what I mean? Like just like it's like, oh yeah, it's her and dibs. Like eavesdropping on Cat and Casper. Oh yeah, all of a sudden Kerrigan accidentally dies instead of Dibs. Oh no, Dibs betrays Kerrigan. It's like, uh, JK, I've got all of this stuff and you don't. And then Casper and Cat get to be like, oh no, reverse actually Kerrigan. Uh, you, what is it? Like you need, uh, what's the word? I don't know what you're trying to Why are they Unfinished go- business? Unfinished business. And yes. And they're like, Kerrigan, don't you have unfinished business? And she's like, actually, I don't. I have everything I want. Actually, bitch. She's gone. That's and actually so where like, they okay. the word. Yeah. That was Stop so that. funny. I'm like, ghost therapist cat right here. She's doing literally exactly what the thing. That's so interesting to me, the way that that works. And again, I don't feel that there is perhaps really much logical consistency to this film but I don't like the fact that it works and she disappears but I feel like you have to believe it you know what I mean because otherwise Casper could just be like I've finished my business um and then move on if he wanted to but she really believes it which is why I I think think she poofs yeah I also think that like wanting to be alive can't be your unfinished business really because they all want that unfinished business though i i don't think so much as like no i'm not amelia mom whatever comes and says your unfinished business was that you finally helped your dad accomplish his dreams after his death by completing the lazarus machine no if they didn't want to have a sequel he would have passed on at that time because he finished his business but they wanted to have a sequel and that's the only reason why he didn't pass on to the other side that is literally love that's what he wants he does want love yeah the first moment that we see him basically other than those two boys he is stalking cat through the tv and then being like how do i get her to come here i know i've got an idea and then it works little mastermind taylor swift mastermind yeah taylor swift mastermind right there wow that's hilarious (laughs) um i do think though that um one casper's a smooth operator he he's set up a lot of great um little facts about himself throughout the movie to like really be that bitch when he becomes a real boy very pinocchio um i just have to say though we love hot mom coming from heaven or whatever coming from secular heaven um but like as far as rewards go for doing something super nice this one kind of blows it's like okay three minutes how long is that song like what time was it when she granted him this gift 10 p.m you could at least give it till midnight maybe he came back naked he had to dig through some old stuff to find a a look for the evening had to get his like he had to go figure out how to do his 90s heartthrob hair just right it took a lot of oh but he did the 90s heartthrob hair like when you first saw this right and we just spent an hour an hour and 15 minutes knowing that casper is such a nice boy right like he wants to 
he asked Kat, like, can I keep you? He, one, he might be a little weirdly jealous and possessive, but we kind of like that. You know, like, that's fun. That's cute. When she adorable. says that she will go on a date or whatever, he politely, sadly disappears. You know, he doesn't yeah. meddle. But then, like, we hear his, like, tragic backstory and he sacrifices his life, basically, for Kat's dad. And then we get the scene to end all scenes, which is Casper becomes a real boy and Kat is at her own Halloween party in her own house, weirdly dressed up in Casper's mom's wedding gown. I'm just, I just want to throw that out. And they're like, she's so beautiful. It's the perfect costume. Is it a costume? Is she just seeing a bride? What costume? What costume? Um, But we get you know how like sometimes we're hot women will get that like slow start at your ankle and like work their way up like body shot yeah 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 we get that for cat <laughs> we get the slow Who slow face he? reveal for casper but it's like we also get all of the casper walking through the crowd and every single girl in that crowd is like Crane, she's like snapping her neck like, to look at Casper. They're <laughs> like, Who is this person in his flouncy blouse and knee high boots? Love a I man in a blouse. But <laughs> then he asks, he like sticks his hand out for Cat to dance. And she, I think, is like, Who the fuck are you? But like, Yeah, sure, why not? I want to dance at my own house party, you know? And then we see them dancing, and she's like, and then he repeats the line, can I keep you? And you just I told you I was good at dancing. Oh, it's just, it's so tragic. And then again, I read another article where they ruin your life even more. And they're like, oh, she's wearing the dress of his mother, the wedding dress of his mother. And it symbolizes the wedding that they'll he'll never have and oh! it symbolizes the wedding that cat will have one day that her mother will never see and i was like fuck you <laughs> fuck you but yeah, it's, it's true <laughs> i was just just shaking in my desk chair it's it's so sad because they really do have this like special like young innocent connection and i remember my crushes from that age they were pure as hell and they were strong as fuck um and it's just so sad that they have this like for like the theme of the month this like forbidden romance this romance that is wrong and it cannot ever be but they have this like literal one moment one fucking moment and it's perfect it is really sweet when um they're like floating off the ground and she realizes and then like grabs onto him and cuddles up to him because he Devin Sawa is not the voice actor for ghost Casper he's only human Casper for that one moment um but they were doing chemistry tests apparently to find the perfect human Casper and they picked Devin Sawa because they brought Christina Ricci along and she got like just all giggly and blushy around him and so they were like well he's the one cute uh what's the movie where they're in also in 95 um then and now or something like that i think something like that i've never seen it before after 
I now and then. One. I don't know about that. Is that before or after October 20th, 1995? Oh, so this was after. Uh, well, Casper but with all the CGI in this movie, this could have been filmed before. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Casper came out before now and then. Mm. So I wonder if, because Casper came out in May of 95 and now and then came out yeah, in October. I'll never understand when they release explicitly Halloween set films at random times of the year. I'll never get it's it. Probably, it's pro- probably so it can like get a following before- so that they can put it on th- 30 nights of Halloween on ABC Family. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to get traction before October otherwise nobody's going to tune in. We got to get it to uh, VHS before Halloween. <laughs> so we must release it in May. We can go to Blockbuster and get Casper. <laughs> oh, God. I absolutely rented sales. Blockbuster. I absolutely rented Cas- Casper from Blockbuster. Oh, no. So I have beautiful. the hiccups real bad. I mean, yeah, you're just emotional from the it's fucking so saddest scene of all time. And then you think you're already sad. You're like, oh, my God, they're having this sweet embrace. I don't know if they kiss before or after the next part, but there's a sweet, beautiful kiss. And no. it's heart-wrenching. So, Cat uh, clearly, like, they fall in love while Casper is firm ghost, right? Like, not cute, just amorphic. Amorphous blob boy, right? And little, what yeah. a little guy, a short exactly. king, a short a king. Guy. But so, uh, and then you know he asks her to dance or dance it, and she figures out it's Casper because he asks her, "But can I keep?" Like he's like, "I'm a great. Told you I was a good dancer. Can I keep you?" And so she realizes this hottie he is dancing with her. And then they get their kiss. It's so sweet. It's so sweet. And you think that you're already having your most emotional moment. And then they bing, bang, boom you with having the dad emotional moment happen right then, too. Where he's finally reunited with his beautiful, gorgeous red red wife. Wow. Red dress (laughs) wife. (laughs) And they have such a sweet interaction. Oh, she's just like, you can't. Like, I, you you did everything right. You loved me so good. <laughs> like, I had an amazing life, though it was too short. And so I'm not here anymore. You can't find me. And you have to, like, be there for Kat now instead. It was just so, so sweet. And it's so awful that she's gone. But, like, it's so re- must be so reassuring to be like, okay, well, I didn't leave anything unsaid. I didn't leave. Like, she knew just how loved she was by me, you know? So I just thought that was really, 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 really lovely. And hopefully now he'll stop fucking up Kat's childhood. Okay, but I also (laughs) love how the mom was like, you have to stop making her wear a t-shirt under her bathing suit. (laughs) Yeah, geez, that's social suicide. (laughs) It's like, let her become a woman. Please and thank you. She wants to kiss boys now. We've all got to grow up. We've all got to grow up. And then it ends in the way that all movies in the 90s should end with an exciting song number, dance number, not really dance number. The friendliest. 
the friendliest ghost you know and they're in outfits is that like a little richard outfit that yes i think it's a little richard kind of vibe that's happening i'm not exactly sure it's a lot um and and that's casper what a movie what a beautiful movie what a beautiful movie um the, the age-old question that we must ask is, how could this movie be gayer? And I would like to open it up by saying there are four gay characters in this movie. Five. Four seems low. Five. Five. There are uh, five. I will say seven. There are, okay. There are seven gay characters in this movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't. I was for. I forgot about Kerrigan and Dibs because like you said, Sydney, they're in it for like five seconds and then never again. But, um. I, I would say, yes, we've talked about it. Kerrigan, a hot lesbian. Lesbian, Dibs, gay, gay, hostility. Man. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that, and her that gay whole bitch vibe boy. is. Power I think lesbian that... and her gay bitch boy dibs. I'm just <laughs> I think Fatso, Stinky, and what's the other one's name? Stretch. 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 They are all gays. G- gays. They're all gay, and they're in a beautiful polycule, as we've discussed. With and then Dr. Fatso... Harvey. Yes, and then Fatso actually outed Kat as a bisexual early in the film when she is locked in the closet, and they make a very uh not great joke, but we're going to say it now. <laughs> He's like, we've got ourselves a closet case here, which is a horrible fit, like joke to make, but not if like it's he just got the vibe because he's also a gay man. And he's like, we must help her figure out her sexuality. You know, Here's the thing. she's into saw... goats, dead boys, and girls. <laughs> they saw this tween who was wearing lesbian stuff and also Doc Martens, and were like, we've got a closet case here. They said, we call it like we see it. We don't care if it's harsh. We'll also, be her gunkles. One thing I would like to say. Casper, human Casper, does look like a lot of lesbians. Think about That's it. That's probably like, part of the reason that boy could like, be a lesbian. I, how many non-binary lesbians do I know who look exactly I like really Casper? Casper in the flouncy blouse? I'm just saying, like that, the good volumized middle part. Like, oh yeah. To be clear, gay. I have a crush on every single one of the people that I just referenced. But um, yeah, oh, no, it's really not a bad thing. non-binary gender fluid energy. Uh-huh. Yeah, the fun. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful look, setting the trend. It's now that was like a, a novel look in 1995, but that flouncy top, not flouncy, flowy top look is uh, the expected look now here in 2023 year of our lord 2023 renaissance fair core <laughs> we're all gay so vibes that you received the three ghost uncles kerrigan and dibs um uh when cat, cat and harvey and, yes and also yeah, harvey, eight, because uh human for himself also, yeah. human Casper is yeah. giving big lesbian energy. <laughs> so if we want to go gay there, gay. also, All I mean, main being a main girl, Amber. Oh yeah, you know that's me lesbian vibes one day. Especially if we're saying that Vic looks exactly like Casper, and Casper looks like a lesbian. What does that say about Amber and Vic? 
That's like another queer couple. You said it. You hit the nail on the head with that one. In this movie, are queer, no straight. Um, I we love to see that. Yeah, I can't honestly. think of a one. I can't think gay of to one, be an and angel. I won't. Yep, angels are gay. Certainly, angels are gay. So Very the mom throw her in the list. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Wow, amazing. We should have done this the for mom pride. Could be bisexual. Who knows? I get that from judge? I feel that. Only time will tell. They'll figure it out when they re-meet in secular heaven. Um, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Where would Matthew Lillard fit into this gorgeous, gorgeous film? I would like young, like, baby Matthew Lillard to play Vic. That would be great. I also, I, mean- I don't... Any mirror cameo, you know what I mean? We've got a billion cameos we could just toss them in with. Yeah, totally. And I don't know if he was on his uh, voice acting game at this stage of his life, but like just because he's a tall, lanky boy, he could be Stretch. <laughs> oh, he would be great as Stretch. Though that voice actor or actor, I don't know who it was, slayed it. Very hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, I think those are really good placements for him. I feel like he would fit really nicely in there. It it would feel very natural to see Matthew Lillard in this movie. It just feels like his vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he loves it. And and that brings us to who is the dumb bitch of this movie. And I feel like it's got to be a tie between our lesbian queen and our gay... And her gay I, bitch boy. And her gay icon. Her gay bitch boy. Um, I feel like Kerrigan kind of takes it, though, because she's the one that walks right out of her car and to the bottom of a cliff, and she's the one that immediately, I mean, it's not her fault when she becomes a ghost, but she does immediately forget her her greater goal and how things work. She's the one that plays herself by being like, um, actually, I don't have any unfinished business, so I, I feel, feel like you. she's a little bit of a dumber bitch than he is. <sighs> I feel that. And, you know, there's no proof that Dibs dies. He could have been fine. So he might be sitting pretty, living in the lap of luxury after all of these shenanigans. Being yeeted out that window. Yeah. You never know. He could have landed on something soft. The real question is who gets Whipstaff after Kerrigan is dead? Who inherits Casper and the uncles? Dr. Harvey and Kat have, uh, you know, good squatters' rights arguments there. They've set up residency. And as Dr. Harvey says to the uncles, possession is nine-tenths of the law. But um, a ghost (laughs) joke also, yeah. (laughs) I accept that. I accept that. (laughs) Well, does that bring us to our knives out of fives? Sure. Um, and you might be surprised to learn that this movie was well, I don't know how much money it made, but critically it was kind of a flop. Um Oh yeah. People hated it. It got um six point one out of ten on IMDb, but on Rotten Tomatoes it has fifty one percent from critics, which is rotten, and forty nine percent from audiences, which is also rotten. That said, it was nominated for Favorite Movie at the 1996 Kids' Choice Awards, so. Important. Wow. Choice flick. <laughs> it's so interesting.
interesting though because um reading the imdb trivia a lot of the trivia entries were about how people who were involved with this film also kind of thought it was a flop um and kind of continue to think it was a flop like christina ritchie is not proud of her work here and she was like i was ready to move on to more adult roles and um she's like casper's a 50 year old man pursuing a 12 year old girl um which is but also a little not true you know it's um, not true because he didn't age past that he's, he's just very living clearly the same long day yeah. yeah he didn't he doesn't Come have on. the memory installed in him to be aging in that way there are so many times where I'm like, yeah, this is fucked up. But, like, please let me have Casper. Fucking Christ. <laughs> Give me Casper. Jeez. Okay. All of, everybody that thought this movie was a flop and is embarrassed of this movie is fucking wrong. Tell him, Sydney. Here's the thing. This movie is able, I think, to explain to a younger audience something that we as a society are we don't like to talk about we don't like to talk about death we don't like to talk about grief but this movie is able to bring up those topics even where if you don't realize like what the con like what is actually happening you're still Oh, like you're aware of them even if you don't understand them right mm-hmm. like I loved Casper as a child and now as an adult like actually re-watching it I was like holy shit like this movie has some like deeper impactful meaning than I ever could have expected I'm like this is a light-hearted fun ghost movie but Halloween, wrong. This movie is <laughs> this movie is devastating and yet wholesome at the exact same time. And that is like a really hard and fine line to walk. Like, and also 10-year-olds should hear the word bitch all the time. I'm so sorry. Like they need to know. <laughs> they need to know. Some of the joke aged poorly. So I will give this a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm really glad that we watched this movie again. Um, I don't know if I would have picked it up if I hadn't randomly seen a reel about it this morning that made me almost burst into tears just from the music. Oh, God, we're feeling vulnerable early in the morning. Oh, no. Um, But yeah, I think that this is a very, very sweet movie. It's I think it looks really, really good. The sets are great. The CGI is really cool. They did it in a way that has the longevity that it needs to have to stand up to anyone today. You know, fight me if you say that looks bad. It looks cool. They made it all see-through. It looks great. Um, And yeah, I think the acting is great. Say what you want to say about your own acting, uh, Christina Ricci, but I think you were wonderful in this. You know, perfectly awkward middle schooler. You did it. You slayed it. It was amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I have a dead mom. And so this movie hits me extra hard. Um, and I think it's like important for kids to, to at least be, you know, exposed to this sort of content, at least a little bit, you know, because it's something that everyone goes through inevitably. And I think that this was like a really beautiful portrayal of like, you know, 
a better scenario, but like you, people aren't at their best after they grieve. They they throw themselves into their work. They throw themselves into things and they're not thinking about how it affects everyone around there, around them, even their beloved child, Kat Christina Ricci, you know, in this movie. Um, I don't know. I think it was really well done. And I also just love the tragic romance, tragic baby romance, because like those feelings that you have at that age everyone's like oh yeah you're just a child whatever but it feels like everything at that time and I think they did a really good job of like you know showing how deeply you feel at that age even if if you're fucking 12 years old it's still real man it's still real so I don't know I wouldn't give this um a five because again there are some issues with it I think I'm going to give this one a 4.4 um but a little kiss as well um that's sweet um love the little kiss for for extra love um Chelsea's gonna I... emotionally ruin me and Monica with her rating right now emotionally one ruin star you. I'm just not emotionally invested um but Chelsea clearly doesn't have as many dead loved ones as me and Monica though like I know <laughs> um I it's a little goofy for me like my style of goofy like um I it's it's just not to my taste which is fine not everything is for me um but I wasn't a Casper girly growing up and while there were moments that made me giggle um and there were some moments that brought me out of the temporarily um but brought me out of a cranky mood a little bit so I I have some fondness for it um but it's just like not a special film to me like it's a three three knives out of five you know I mean middle of the road stuff for me personally that's fair (laughs) that Um. said um next week we have a another romantic movie um or so I hear I haven't seen it yet but Monica would you like to introduce it oh yeah Sorry, I thought I was going to do a timeout and ask who was going to introduce it. And then you started. Well, I nominated you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm down to do it. But I just need you to tell me the names of the people on Homies for Horror. I'll I'll say that part after. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you just say Homies for Horror. Chelsea can do the rest. Homies of Horror. Same thing. I'm not saying anything. Homies for Horror. (laughs) Um, So next week, we are wrapping up Romance Month love is in the air but only one week more and then no more love after that actually we're gonna do one no more romance for the rest of the year with no love or any of that shit ever again no that's not true a lot at least all movies have some of that but anyway we're gonna end with a bang um for two reasons one we're doing a banger of a film this is a movie that only i have seen from the three of us It's an 80s movie. It's called Near Dark. It is a vampire western. Need I say more? Come on. That's a I'm interested. Mm Mm-hmm. And And it's from the 80s? Uh Uh-huh. I think you're going to like it. But again, I've been wrong before. (laughs) Um, But we're doing something exciting and special and new to close out our special themed month, our first themed month of 2023. We're collabing with a pod that we love. They are homies of horror. Yeah, I mean, we've had guests before. We've had a celebrity guest. We've had our friends on. We've had authors on. But we've never had other podcasters on 
from a horror podcast. So it's very exciting. We're we're looking forward to welcoming Erica and Roshane. Um and teaming up. We're, we're gonna see how it goes with five people. I think it's gonna be fun. Five? And I hope everybody gets to talk a little bit. <laughs> It's going to be wonderful and we're going to make new friends and it's going to be beautiful. And I love to see a melding of minds in the horror podcast community. God, it's just going to be stunning. I move. Five podcasters chilling on a Zoom call because they all love horror movies. (laughs) Yeah, but it might be gay, actually. So (laughs) who's to say? But yeah, so join us next week to close out Romance Month, and I'm really excited. And you know, it's Valentine's Month. You know, there's there's love in the air. There's a lot of things going on where you could tell you could tell us about love and maybe how you love us. Uh, in a five star review on Apple Podcasts, it's think about it as as you're sending us a Valentine. We'd really appreciate it, and I think it'll make you feel good. <laughs> I would love a late and, Valentine. Actually, I would love you to profess your love to me at any time of the year, quite frankly. In a five-star review. Any time is a good time. <laughs> and why not follow us on social media? We're at spooky underscore Tuesday on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're also on YouTube with that same username. And we're also on Facebook and Tumblr at Spooky Tuesday Pod. And at Spooky Tuesday on Letterboxd. So thank you for listening. And I keep you spookies. Bye, spookies. I told you I was a good dancer. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara, and our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore omg.